The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. We're, we're in a series called Giving, Serving, and Growing. Giving, Serving, Growing. And we started talking out started out talking about how God owns it all. And we manage things that belong to God. God is the owner. Just so you know, you're not taking anything in this life with you. You're not. Your motorcycle, not taking it with you. Your boat, not taking it with you. Your house, not taking it with you. God owns it all. In fact, here's what Psalms 24 says, that the earth is the Lord's. Now, y'all said you believe the word of God, right? right? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. We all belong to God. Everything that we have belongs to God. God owns everything and he has placed resources in our hands for you and I to steward. See, our role as stewards is to properly steward things that God has placed in our hands. Now, you know that I love you, right? Go ahead and nod at me if you know that I love you. Because I'm going to be watching those of you that don't nod so I can preach especially to you today. So that you know that I love you today. You know that I'm your friend, right? You know that I want what's best for you, right? Not just what's best for me or for the church, right? So when we're, we're looking at this role of stewardship in our lives, I want you to know and understand that you get to decide what you want to do with the resources that God has placed in your hands. You get to decide. It's not my job, it's not my desire even to try to manipulate you to try to get you to do things that I want you to do. You get to steward those resources. But I want you to know that as your pastor, it's my role to tell you what the Word of God says about how you are to steward those resources, but you get to choose and decide. Okay? So as your friend today, right? I'm your friend. As your pastor that loves you, I'm here today to tell you what the Word of God says. So if you'll just sit back, we're going to understand and unpack what it means to steward the things that God has placed in our hands. See, when you understand that God is the owner and we are stewarding things for Him, it changes everything that we think about the issue of stewardship. See, it even changes our view of those three words of the title of this series, giving, serving, and growing. I mean, how many of you, don't raise your hand, but you, if you were honest with me today, you would say that when you hear those three words, what you have a tendency to look at giving, serving, and growing as negative words. I mean, you kind of see it in a negative light. Giving, oh, again? You're asking for, for me to give again? Giving with your, with your spouse. Oh, honey, you're asking me to give? When are you going to give? Right? Serving. Serving one another. Being faithful. When you think of that serving, it's, oh. Seriously, you're asking me to serve and growing. Honestly, if we were to be honest with ourselves about those three words, it's very easy for us to see them in a negative light, but they're not. They're words that are in a positive light. See, when we begin to understand the principles in the Word of God, I understand the power of being a giver, not just financially, but completely of myself, of my time, my energy, my resources. When I'm giving things away, what that does is it creates a vacuum in my life for God to give back into my life. And I become like the Red Sea instead of the Dead Sea. 
See, when we're like the Red Sea, there's life in the Red Sea, but there's no life in the Dead Sea. Because in the Red Sea, things are coming in and things are going out. Things are coming in and things are going out. We're just in a perpetual state of receiving and giving, receiving and giving, receiving and giving, receiving and serving, receiving and serving. Right? But when we're like the Dead Sea, oh, hey, man, I got to be careful. I got I to gotta be able just to trust in my finances because I'm not sure if I can really give financially. I got to be careful just to make sure that I am not giving to my spouse too much because I don't want them to think that they got the upper hand on me. Growing. It's a good thing to grow. Amen. I'm glad that you're not here today in a diaper that has to be changed still. Growing is a good thing. See, and when we begin to see ourselves as stewards and understand that we're managing something that belongs to God. We're managing something that belongs to Creator. We're, we're managing something that belongs to the Lord of the universe. Sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? When we're managing things for God, there's absolutely no lack with God. When we begin to understand there's no lack with God, it changes our perspective in how we see giving, serving, and growing. It puts it in a whole different light. See, when we're understanding that we are stewarding things for a God who is without lack, hear me today, when we understand that we are stewarding things for a God who is without lack, we know that if God can get it through us, he'll get it to us. If God knows that when something comes into your life, you're going to be able to give that away, serve that away, grow through that process, he'll get things to you. When God, if God can get things through us, he'll get things to us. You see, probably what's the biggest challenge for us many times in the church is that we have a tendency, many people in the church, to see prosperity in a negative light. They, they think of prosperity as, you, you can't say that word in church. I remember the challenge because I, I grew up being taught that. And I remember the, the challenge of actually saying the word, God wants to prosper you. I, I kind of wanted to almost say it as a mumble. God wants to prosper you. Okay, and so what else I want to talk about today? And it was almost as if we're embarrassed at times or ashamed of the fact that God wants to prosper you. Let me say that again. God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless you today. But too often we see it in a negative light and we think of it as sinful. Man, I, I, I can't do that, man. That's the wrong thing. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 about the issue of money. It says, for the love of money. Not money is the root of all kinds of evil. So again, it's not money. It's the love of money. It's when we worship money. It's when money creates security in our life and money is the focus of our life. When money sits on the throne of our life, that is the root of all kinds of evil. God wants you to prosper. Let me say it again. God wants you to prosper. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper in your marriage. He wants you to prosper in your health. He wants you to prosper in your emotions. He wants you to prosper in your mind so that when you get new responsibilities at work, you don't just get by, you thrive in that. You grow and your boss is going, wow, where did you come from? And God wants you to, you to prosper financially. See, God wants you to be successful in every area of your life, but he wants you to see him as the source of everything in your life. 
Let me try that again. God wants you to be successful in every area of your life, but he wants you to see him as the source for everything in your life. That means when my marriage isn't quite working out, I'm not just going to go to a class, though going to a class is awesome. My first thing is I'm going to run to God and say, God, can you help me out and fix my wife? No, actually I'm going to say, God, can you help me out and can you fix me? Right? God, can you change some things about me, some things that I'm doing wrong, some things that I'm not saying quite right? God, will you help me to have a marriage that's awesome? God is the source of my marriage. How do I know that? Because God is love, and when the love of God gets into me, the love of God is poured out to my beautiful bride. And when the love of God is poured out to my beautiful bride, things work in my life. Because when mama's happy, everybody's happy, right? So God has to be the source of everything in our life. Deuteronomy 8, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. How many have ever thought that? Hey, look, look how good I'm doing. Look at me. I'm all that, right? But, it, but remember, it goes on to say, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Listen, God will let you do it in the natural There are some of you that God's given you a gift to make money, and you can make money on your own. But when you recognize that it comes from God, you not only get the blessings of the Lord, but the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. It means that your marriage doesn't have to die just because you were blessed financially. So it's God who gives us the ability to produce wealth. God is the source of everything. So it's important when we understand that and we know that to become stewardship minded the key to understanding biblical stewardship is understanding god's word it's where we've got to begin and then having the right attitude and motives when it comes to dealing with the issue of money you see it's not selfish to want to be blessed we say that again because i know for some of you you raised you were raised where it seems so self-centered it's not selfish to want to be blessed now you can be selfish in the midst of being blessed Just like you can be selfish in the midst of being broke. So it's not selfish to being blessed. God wants you to be blessed. In fact, the level that you are blessed is the level that you're able to be a blessing to someone else. God wants you to be blessed. As a church, we want you to be blessed. We want you individually to be blessed in your life. That's why last week we did that financial seminar so that you could be blessed, so that you could begin to understand some things. Listen, if you did not, were not able to be here last week, man, I'm telling you, it was incredible. We're going to be launching some connect groups, some financial connect groups that are going to help some of you that feel like, man, I can't get my finances on track. You can get it on track. There's hope today with God. Even in the midst of our failures and dumb mistakes, wrong choices that we've made, there's hope with God. But what we have to do in being blessed is we've got to get in alignment with what God is doing. It's like a river that's flowing. If you're going to sit in the river and keep rowing against the stream, I'm telling you things are going to be tough. But if you'll just go with what it is God is doing, you'll be amazed at supernatural things that start taking place in your life. So God wants us to be blessed. And he wants us to see him as the source of everything in our lives. In fact, if you would say this, God is my source. source. Say it again. God is my source. One last time. God is my source. See, he doesn't want us drawing circles around certain areas of our lives and telling him, you can have all these areas, but you can't have this area. You know, the last area that we typically surrender to God? Finances. That's why Jesus spent about 25% of his ministry talking about the issue of money and possessions because he knew it would be something that's very easy for us to depend upon. 
He wants us to, to be in a position of lordship in our lives. This happens when we recognize that he's the owner and we're the managers. We are stewarding the things that God has placed in our lives. A steward is someone who manages the affairs of another. We manage the money. We manage the property. We're stewarding things that God has placed in our lives. So when we became followers of Jesus Christ, we accepted the stewardship position. You may not have realized that, but you signed up on the dotted line. I'm going to become a steward of God. So we are now managing resources that God has placed in our hand. And that management is focused on the affairs of the owner. Not our own affairs, but the affairs of the owner. See, God has some things that he wants us to be focused on. But sometimes we're so focused on managing the money that we have forgotten the affairs of God's kingdom. Leading people to Christ. Amen? Discipling and growing and encouraging people in their walk with Christ. Helping the poor. Helping those people that have been beat up and damaged by life. God did not call the pastoral staff only to do that. Ephesians 4 says that we're called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. There are some of you that have some people in your life that you get the opportunity to be the love of Jesus to them. So these are the affairs of God's kingdom. And as stewards, we want to be managers over that. See, we want to minister to people in all areas of their life. In the spiritual. In the emotional, this, the mental, the, the will area, those soulish things. But we also want to minister to people in the physical areas of their life. So let's look at this passage in Matthew 25 because Jesus is talking about the issue of stewardship and he gives us patterns and principles for being successful stewards with the resources that he's placed in our hands. Y'all ready this morning? Matthew chapter 25, verse 1, it says, But then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. So what we begin here with is seeing that the kingdom of heaven is likened to these ten virgins. Five are wise and five are foolish. Now I want to know what's the difference between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins, right? I want to learn how to be wise and not foolish, Right? I know some of these things are kind of like, yeah, Pastor Richie, it's a given. But sometimes it's good just to respond and say it out loud. So I want to know what the wise people do. Verse 3, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But, those, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So the management of oil was what determined who was wise and who was foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, but no oil. Those who were wise took their lamps with the oil. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Verse 5. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Now the bridegroom shows up at midnight. That's not a wedding that I would like to go to. I like to get in bed about 9 or 10 o'clock, so if the bridegroom's showing up at 10, I would be like the virgins, I would be sleeping, all right? But the foolish virgins who didn't bring oil with them now are going to the wise virgins, virgins and saying, give us some of your oil. But watch what they said in verse 9. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. So obviously the wise virgins invested their money in oil ahead of time. Just so you know, this is not a stock um, performance option that I'm telling you to go invest in oil. Okay, this is oil like is in a lamp, all right? 
it's kind of between you and the Lord. But they invested ahead of time. But the foolish virgins, they didn't invest. They weren't prepared. It's an issue of preparation. So at the last minute, they tried to get the oil from the wise virgins, but they, that didn't work out. So they go and try to find some elsewhere, reading on in verse 10, and it says, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay ready. Verse 11, afterward the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So once again, the issue is an issue of stewardship in the kingdom of God and how the oil was being managed. Oil in God's word represents an anointing. When they would anoint someone to be king or to be priest, they would pour oil on him. So oil often represents an anointing or your ministry. What it is that God's gifted you with, what he's called you to do. The anointing is what God has equipped you with or or called you to effectively minister to and help other people. How you manage the oil that God has given you, those things that God has placed in your hands or gifted you with, determines how things are going to go for you. Do you know that there is an anointing on you? Do you know that? There's an anointing on you to do something in God's kingdom. You're not showing up kind of just trying to hang in there till Jesus comes. God's gifted you with something. He's put an anointing on you. He's put ability, giftedness inside of you to do something in the kingdom of God. See, the question for us today is, are we going to be willing to manage the things of the kingdom? Are we willing to manage that part of the gospel, the good news that has been entrusted to us? Listen, I know some of you have walked through some tough stuff, but God has taken the tough stuff that you walked through. He didn't do it, but he's going to take that and use that. Your misery is going to become your ministry. What you walk through, you're going to be able to speak life into someone else that's walking through something similar that somebody else who never walked through it could never possibly understand. So there's giftedness inside of you. Are we going to be willing to manage that part of the gospel that is entrusted to us. You and I, all of us that are here today that are followers of Jesus Christ, we are the body of Jesus Christ. You may be an elbow, you may be a ligament, you may be a finger, a big toe, eyeball, hair. I don't know what part it is you have in the body of Christ, but we are a part of the body of Christ. There's stuff that God has put inside of you This part of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So it's about management. It's about overseeing something that belongs to another. God has given you that gift. Listen, when you hear somebody sing or you see somebody do something wonderful with money or some talent, you know what? It's not about that person. God gave them that gift. All right? So don't ever look down on your gift. I was telling the staff this week that I read a saying many years ago that he who is good with a hammer tends to think everything is a nail. And sometimes when we're good at prayer, or we're good at the prophetic ministry, or we're good at worship, or we're good at serving, we think that that is the ministry. No, it's one of many ministries as a part of the body of Christ. And every part is important. As amazing as this message is here today that you're hearing, amen, 
you know what? If, if people were not greeted with a warm welcome when they walked through the door, they probably walked in with a chip on their shoulder, a bad attitude. If they walked in and, and they were about ready to pull in a parking space, they're a guest with us here today, they're about ready to pull into that parking spot, but you, who know how to get around the parking lot a little bit quicker, snuck in right in front of them, pulled in front of them, instead of being kind to them, do you know we set them off in a wrong direction? Every part of the body of Christ is so important. When we do our five-minute break, we don't just do that so that we can just have a little break time. We do that so that we can connect with one another, so that we can speak life into one another. We can encourage those people around us. Greet them. Tell them it's great to see them here today. So it's an issue of stewardship. Right after this illustration, he goes into another illustration, and again, he's talking about stewardship in the kingdom of God. Matthew 25, verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Again, still stewardship. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received the one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. You see, just like God is with us, this man gave a talent, it was money, to his servant, but he intended for the servant to cause increase. That's what God wants you and I to do with the talents, abilities, skills, and things that he has put in our lives as he intends for you and I to cause increase. He's not looking for you to hide it in the earth. I'm an introvert. I can't greet people. Right? All the introverts said amen. It's a challenge for us as introverts to do it. But I'm telling you, as an introvert, I still get out and I say, hey man, great to see you all today. Thank you for coming out today. That's why sometimes you feel like, man, Richie's a little socially awkward sometimes. I'm an introvert, all right? But I'm still called to do certain things. I don't want to hide that talent of being kind to one another in the earth. Some of you are gifted with money. Some of you are gifted with organizing. Some of you are gifted with different types of ministry of like speaking and preaching. Don't hide it in the earth. God's looking for you to bring increase for that. See, if we don't, we are mismanaging something that belongs to another because God is what? The owner, and we are what? Managers or stewards. Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. The Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Look what the master's saying. I put something in your hand. You are faithful over the things that I put into your hand. Because of that, you're about ready to see, receive more. Verse 22. He also said, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Why? Because you've been trustworthy with the thing that I gave you. You've been faithful with it. But hang on. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed, and I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, now watch this, man, buckle up for this rebuke. You wicked and lazy servant. Just so you know, 
Our loving Heavenly Father isn't going to speak to you and I like that. He's not going to say that to us. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received it back with interest. He's saying, look, at least you could have put it in the bank. Right? So I could have gotten some interest back. Look what happens to the steward that's not managing. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Now that doesn't seem fair, does it? For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who... And he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen, obviously the Lord expects you and I to take what he has given to us and to do something with it. He does not expect you and I just to hide it in the earth. God is a God of increase. God is a God of increase in our lives, in the world that we live in. He is constantly wanting to increase the kingdom of God, to see people come in to know him as Lord and Savior, to see people increase in the revelation of him as Lord and Savior. He wants us to increase the resources that he's given us, not just hide it in the earth. He doesn't want us spending all of our money on carnal things. Now, God has no problem with you having nice things. Amen? However, when we're not doing what it is that God is asking us to do in his word with his resources, we're not bringing back to him the tithe that belongs to the Lord. The tithe doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. When we're not investing in the kingdom, when we're not investing in the lives of others, then we're not managing God's assets like we should, and it reveals our heart about how we really feel about God. Pastor Richie, how can you say that? Well, look at what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where where, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. What's the reason why we lay it up there? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you want to know where your heart is, just look where your treasure is going to. For some of you, it's your money. Man, that's the biggest treasure that you have a hard time letting go. Some of you, it's your time. That's the biggest treasure that you have a hard time letting go. Where your treasure is, the Bible says, there your heart will be also. Listen, I'm not sharing this stuff with you today to make you feel bad. Remember, I'm Pastor Richie. I love you. You're my friend still, right? But I'm sharing this stuff so we know how to get going. So that we learn how to steward better the things that God has placed in our lives. Last week at that financial seminar, I recognized that there were some areas that I was doing pretty good at, but there were some areas that I needed to get focused on. So that seminar gave me some insight and understanding. It gave me some tools to figure out how to get going. I kind of gotten high-centered on some things, and I'd kind of lost focus on some things, and kind of got to the place where a budget was, you spend all the money you got, and then you budget a little further, Right? Some of you live by that budget. Instead of recognizing a budget is a great tool to help you to learn how to manage your money. So it helped me get going. See, that's what we want to do as stewards. Amen? That's what we want to do as stewards. We want to get armed with the word of God and get going in stewarding the things that God has entrusted to us. Don't feel this morning like it's hopeless. Man, I tried it before, didn't work. I'm telling you, we got to learn how to hear what the Word of God says, understand what the Word of God says, and get going. Because every time we grow in our stewardship, we become empowered to handle more. 
When we, when we figure it out at this elementary level, we go to the next level. When we figure it out at that level, we go to the next level. If God can get it through you, God will get it to you. See, some of you want to see increase in your life. I want to say it again. It is not wrong to want to see increase in your life. It's not wrong to want to get by just barely making it, living from paycheck to paycheck. In fact, it's more selfish not to want to see increase in your life because the more you are blessed, the more you are able to be a blessing to others. But if you want to see increase, you have to start by learning to steward what, where you are at today. When you make mistakes and you blow it and you mess up, you get right back on and go, God, I'm back again. I've been going through um, a, a diet exercise program with two wonderful, phenomenal coaches. And God bless their hearts, man. I am not always staying on track. But they love me so much, they're talking to me. Hey, how's it going today? Well, is eating hamburgers and nachos part of my plan? No? Okay, I'm not doing very well today. Is missing my exercise plan? Not doing very well today. But can I tell you what I'm learning is that it's not about making mistakes and giving up. It's about getting right back on the horse. It's about getting right back on the bike going, God, you know what? I believe what your word says about the issue of stewardship. So God, I'm going to get into your word so your word gets into me so I can know how to steward the things that you're placing in my hand. So we've got to learn how to stewardship. Look, look at what Matthew chapter 25 says. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. We have to learn how to properly manage the affairs of the kingdom. When we do that, there will always be more than enough left over. God wants you to be blessed in your life. God wants you to be blessed so that you can be blessed and be a blessing to others. It's not just about you being a blessing to others and you're going to be broke, but it's about being blessed and being a blessing to others, which brings me back to the issue that we have got to get settled in our heart. Desiring to be blessed is not selfish. Let me say it again. Desiring to be blessed is not selfish. Too many times we do not connect the dots between being blessed and being able to be a blessing to the world. We just think that somehow it's just going to happen. Listen, when I become blessed, that empowers me to be a blessing. The level of blessing you walk in is the level that you're able to be a blessing to others. Can you be selfish in the midst of blessing? Absolutely. Just like you can be selfish in the midst of poverty. Just like you can be selfish in the midst of lack. God blesses you and me, again, so that we're blessed and that we're able to be a blessing to others. God does not just want you and I to survive in life. He wants you to thrive in life. I know this is not our home. I know that we are just strangers passing through. But God, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. He wasn't joking when he was saying that. God doesn't want you just to survive in life. He wants you to thrive in life. Listen, Sometimes we are the miracle that God is sending to someone else. It's fun to be a miracle for someone else. If you've ever had the opportunity when you knew somebody was down and out, just feeling disappointed and feeling broke or just wasn't able to make ends meet or just needed a miracle and you were able to step in and give life to them, you know that's an amazing feeling. God is sometimes sending you and I to be the miracle in someone else's life. But we're going to have to grow in our understanding of stewardship to learn how to steward all that God has already blessed us with. I want to close with this today. Here's my encouragement to you today. Begin 
by seeing God as the owner of everything. Stop looking at things that you have in your life as your things. Begin seeing God as the owner of everything and see yourself as someone who is managing the things that God has placed in your life. I'm telling you, for some of you that sounds like loss, but I'm telling you, it's the most wonderful thing in the world because if it's God's will, it's always God's bill. That means, God, this is your church. I don't have to fret about this church. And just so you know, for the most part, I don't. I don't. I don't worry about things because this is God's church. In my home, with, with, I told you some challenges I'm having with my air conditioning right now. I don't worry about it. Man, God's got it all under control. Now, I'm doing what I know to do. Had a technician come out, look at it, doing what I know to do. But I'm relaxed. If it's his will, it's his bill. It's God's. I'm just, I'm just the steward. I'm just the manager. What we want to learn how to do is learn how to be wise managers. And we want to learn how to be faithful managers. So my prayer for you today, see God is owning it all. You're managing things that God is placing in your hand. In fact, let me pray over you. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.